fitness to farming, beer to business, and shooting to style. It's always entertaining, sometimes insightful, and never has a dull moment. You're listening to the Always Something Podcast. Welcome back to Always Something Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have Pocket Cop from Instagram. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Hey guys, nice to see y'all too. That's Pocket Cop. So underscore Pocket Cop underscore. What is going on in your life? Oh, you know, just enjoy my day off. Woke up from a nap. Um, I'm in the process of uh, switching gyms. Um, second time I've been harassed in the sauna um, at, at one of my local gyms. So, yeah, that's so really you're, what I'm going through. You are a former 911 dispatcher, and now you yes. are a deputy in Mississippi, correct? Yes. So you've kind of seen a couple different sides of the emergency services. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a deputy for? Uh, I graduated my police academy November 7th, 2019. And my first day in FTO was November 9th, 2019. And I think I graduated FTO in about March or April of 2020. So, Do you work for a large department? Our department is 498 square miles. Um, we have, we, is that, is that big? It sounds big. Sounds pretty big. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's just because there, it sounds big to me too. And then there's a lot bigger counties. Um, but so we border Memphis to the North and then we're about three hours away from Jackson, Mississippi to the South. And we have, um, a ton of major interstates that connect Canada to Mexico um, that run through. And so, um, we sound like a big department and we are, um, but there's actually bigger if that, if that makes sense, we're nowhere near Mm -hmm. the size of like Memphis police department. So within your, within your County. So you guys are the, you're the deputies of the, of the the County. So uh, are there cities within that have their own police agencies? Yes, there's, um, there's five of, there's five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's five of them. Um, and they're, they're really good size cities. Um, and then there's one city that is nine square miles or it's a town. I'm sorry. It's nine square miles and they have their own officers, maybe one or two per shift. And, uh, we dispatch for them. Mm-hmm. They also take their own calls and then inside their city limits. And then we'll pick up the rest of their, their city limits. Um, so, you, so you're, you're, so they handle what goes on inside the city limits and then you guys handle what's out inside know, their outside. nine square miles. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the okay. other cities, uh, and because we, we dispatch for them. So sometimes we'll receive their calls first, but the other cities have their own departments um, and work just like we work but in their city jurisdiction. Okay. So our, our county is 1,500 square miles. I just looked it up oh. online to see how big it was in comparison. Wow. I didn't know that we, either. So we have, I think there's seven police agencies in our county. There's two major cities and then the rest are village or towns that are staffed. Village. Yeah, like a village, a village police department. So they're real small, like kind of like they have yeah. one or 
two yes officers on at one time but then the cities yes. have four who five. knows <laughs> four or five yeah, yeah on the road but then they have a lot of like undercover stuff going on and and that so yeah. there were yeah. villages up there what we call towns here well we have <laughs> we have towns and villages so mm, I don't yeah know yeah so within yeah. the Within the county, within the, we have townships. Yes. And within the towns, you could have cities or villages or, or all that within the yes. town. So the town. I is, feel like you're. Think about like a country and then there's states within. So like the county has towns within. Yes. And then within the towns, Our there's also the like villages. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like you're probably explaining things to me that you're like, wow, I can't believe I have to explain. No, no, no. For her, the area is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we, I mean, hearing something being called a village, like, I, yeah, that's not a thing. We have towns or we have cities, and right. um, yeah. So, mm. we, how many, how many deputies do you normally have on the road during a shift? Um, it so it varies. Um, when you're talking, just we just did shift bids, so we're like pretty much fully staffed Uh um a shift should usually have 13 deputies and that's including two supervisors and and one lieutenant so three three supervisors um and that is so our county is split into four Mm -hmm. um Uh you have two wards also yeah you have two wards up top two wards down at the bottom and then it's um split east and west um so you should have two deputies up north two deputies down south the three supervisors and then two rove cars mm-hmm. so it, it could be anywhere between 11 to 13 and that's including if night shift if you have uh one or two canines in service if you have a dui unit in service um and then during the daytime, we have our fugitive units that are out. We have our school resource officers that are out. We have our undercovers that are out. And so we have a lot more people out during the daytime. But patrol wise, it could be anywhere between 11 to 13. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot. We our county, we have, I mean, basically four four zones. It's divided into north, south, east, west, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, zones. And uh, there's basically one car assigned to each zone. So you have four on patrol. But we have, you know, within within the county, of course, there's the there's the cities, there's the villages that have their own police agencies. And then the state police are in there as well. So there's law enforcement kind of everywhere in some shape or form. So I just I just looked to see how many there were when you were talking about that. And we have it depends on seven to three through to 11, 11 to seven. But on average, mm-hmm. there's about six deputies plus a sergeant and a lieutenant. Per yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of times where night shift, there's maybe maybe two or three cars for the whole county. You might have a north, a south and then a float. And that's it, you know, yep. depending on what's going on. So for our 1500 square mile county. You know, it's a lot of be a lot of us to cover. Yeah. yeah. We so had you, it. You end up on a car. You may, yeah. it may be a little while before you get any backup. So that's yeah. actually dangerous. We've had it to where our Northern wards are usually the busier. So we will keep two cars up there. Um, and then you'll have one car in each Southern ward. So that's 
six patrolmen and then three, um, then three supervisors. So that's nine. Like we've had it as low as that before. And if you get any lower than that, that's when, um, you have, you have to call, um, yeah, in call, for help. Yeah. Yep. Are you yeah. guys unionized? Do you have a union down there? Not at our, no, Is Miss, at I, our, I didn't know if Mississippi was a right to work state. I mean, that, mm, think we are. Okay. That's honestly, that topic is actually pretty much over my head. Um, mm -hmm. I've only been a full-time worker for three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea. Yeah. Um, if you were in a union, yeah, I you, think you'd you probably think you know, know there'd be a lot of, yeah, yeah we're, I know we're there. not I, yeah. like, I know, I know, I know we're not, mm -hmm. do we have, I have no idea. Um, because we are the kind of I, miss, I know in the state of Mississippi, you can get fired for any reason, right? They don't have to have, you know, so I don't know if they develop unions because of that. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. I got fired because I smelled bad. Like that's some, mm -hmm. um, that's some bullshit. Like we should, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They have their pros and their cons. We're mm -hmm. both union workers and it's, it's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of um, job security things associated with that. So there's some benefits to it, but you pay, you know, you pay, Eighty ish dollars a month in union dues. A pay. A pay. Okay. Is it a pay? I think it's a no, it's not a pay. <laughs> it's a, no, it's a month. You're right. Yeah. 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 But anyways, there's like, definitely, wait, definitely some pros there. Yeah. Yeah. Be a lot yeah. for okay. pay. Yeah. yeah. Like I need to go. They're taking but, money left and right. Yeah, and you know, some people can knock unions and that, but you know, we we go in there, we 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 make a pretty good wage, and uh, the the union. Bef the guys that were there before us kind of paved the way for us so we can start with a livable, you know, wage and, and certain health and safety requirements and things of that nature. So there's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of pros to, to be unionized, but we understand too, that there's other agencies in other States and right to work and all that kind of stuff in, in other areas. I think that's why we were curious mm -hmm. kind of how you yeah. guys are set up down there, but being, I, can, a and I mean, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Like if for the smaller places, I just feel we have some pretty big departments over mm -hmm. here and it, it just probably wouldn't fly. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a question for you. You are a uh, public servant sure. as, as we are as well. What are you, and you have quite the Instagram following. So you put a lot of stuff out there. Of course, you know, what agency you belong to, you, you keep that kind of a secret and we, we do that same thing as well. Um, but what, it, what are your department policies on things like that? I mean, do you get, is there any issues with you posting videos and, and talking about work things at all? Is it ever, ever an issue? Um, as, as far as work goes, no. Um, my boyfriend is a sergeant. So sometimes if I have anything questionable, I'll be like, Hey, do you think this will get me called into the office or something? Cause he actually, he has had to get a post taken down because he, um, he does a little side hustle mm -hmm. and he filmed a video in uniform, just giving some information about it. And they were like, dude, you have to take that down because you're on duty right now, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. promoting your other business. Okay. And uh, because we even have to get permission to have another job. Okay. So, yeah. So he was in uniform doing all that. And it kind of makes it look like you're not doing your job while you're in your patrol car. Mm -hmm. 
And then it also makes it look like our department is promoting what you're promoting and they don't want to be associated. So kind of the, the, the policies and procedures are, as long as you're not doing anything to negatively affect yourself, the department, you know, and that's why I don't bring up my department. Um, most of my coworkers with all due respect are blocked. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I know that they don't care about what I post. Right. So right. I'll just go ahead and, and you just, you don't, we had, uh, like, yeah, in, in our County, um, there's a, an EMS agency that runs, you know, a large majority of the ambulance transports throughout, uh, our County. And there was a, uh, girl who worked for this ambulance service who was doing TikToks. Mm-hmm. And she put this one TikTok on that had, it was like a dramatic TikTok. She wasn't in uniform. There was nothing identifying her as a, a member of that agency. And she posted a TikTok with, and you can hear in the background, the dispatch, no address or names or anything like that, but just yeah. respond to an infant not breathing. That was in it. But, but again, there was nothing identifying her agency. There was nothing identifying the address or, or any personal HIPAA violation. None, none of that. So she made this dramatic TikTok video and she got fired for it. And I thought that was insane because she wasn't, like I said, she wasn't in uniform. She wasn't identifying herself as a member of that agency. She was, she didn't even respond to the call. I mean, as far as I know, she just heard. It was on the radio. Yeah, exactly. And that's public information. But and, they fired her for that. So that's why we're secretive in, in what we do and are identifying ourselves. So we always ask people like yourself in the in the public sector, uh, you know, how you get a, or how your agencies deal with. Because there's a lot of um, police and, and fire and all those kinds of people out there that do social media, have a social media presence. And I'm always curious how they do it and don't, if they say anything controversial, how they don't get in trouble for it. I heard, you know? Yeah. Um, and do you guys remember when the the big departmental like lip syncing videos? Yeah. Yep. Were out? Okay. We were absolutely just no. You cannot do it. We are not promoting that. And I will say on our department's Facebook, like we get a lot of hate, <laughs> um, and we can't remove any of the comments. So I think it's better that we have that social media policy. So you just don't have anyone looking you up that's that was unsatisfied with your services and then going and using that against you on the department. And so that's why I try to minimize who can see me. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't want to disappoint my department because I, sure. I really love and respect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to be careful. I was taking one girl to jail and she was like, do you ever get bored in here and make TikToks? And I said, why have you seen me? (laughs) I was like, why? And she was like, no, I, I would. And I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I totally do. What's up. And, uh, you know, cause I, I have people that want to take pictures because they've never seen someone so small or (laughs) it's not like this worldly phenomenon, how small I am or something like that. They just never seen, but like they'll want to take pictures or, um, but, and I'll, I'll give out my Instagram handle, uh, to some people, depending on who they are, because if you want to get into law enforcement, if you want someone 
to keep in touch with. Um, you know, if you don't want to call uh, our department's phone, but you felt like you built a good rapport with me and, you know, you're 15 years old and you just, you hate mom. Um, I'll give people ways to connect with me because I was 15 years old and I hated my mom too. And we can talk about how much we hated mom at 15 and let me show you via Instagram or whatever, how much better life can get. So, I mean, I think it's important to have a platform of some, something, Mm -hmm. Sure, but I, you have to follow your department's SOPs, POPs, directives, whatever, man, you know, like you'll get fired. Right. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, you, you have quite the social media following. If, if, if you went about it in a way where you, you were trying uh, to not, uh, you said most of the people you work with are blocked. How did you build such a following? How did, I guess what I'm asking is how did you build such a following on Instagram? Um, I have Crohn's disease as well. So when I got on Instagram before I was a cop, that was something that I tried to um, get in a community with was Crohn's disease because I don't know anyone here who has it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a super depressing community. Like going to the gastroenterologist, these people sit around and they look like they have they have the ever loving life sucked out of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be you. I need <laughs> to be around someone who's more uplifting. So uh, Crohn's disease. I always wanted to be in the military, but because of Crohn's, I couldn't, but military people sometimes are super inspiring and, Mm. and have tenacity and all that, all those characteristics that they force upon you Mm. in boot camp. And so I wanted to connect with them. Um, so I got that following the gyms that I went to, I would get followings that way, powerlifting at one thing and becoming a police officer. Um, that has, oh my gosh, my internet connection is unstable. Um, I, yeah, you, yeah. you, you cut out for just a second, but now it's back. Okay. I'm sorry. We, that's okay. uh, anyway, but yeah, that's how I got my following. Uh, just kind of like putting myself out there and searching what was out there and then seeing, you know, like, holy shit, you live in New York, but we have something in common mm-hmm. crazy. And then <laughs> we became friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like us building this because we didn't, when we first started doing this, we didn't want everybody local knowing what we were doing. We didn't have all of our friends and coworkers and family um, like us and share it to them. We, we've really kept it pretty, pretty quiet locally, except for our spouses or, or immediate family. Um, yeah. We just kind of started like outside in and it's been amazing. The people that we've met along the way, the people we connect with, um, we don't have nearly as big of a following as you yet but we are building one and the people that we've met, I, I mean, it's great to have a huge following on social media. Cause it makes you look like you're, you know, a good influencer, but I feel like the We're quality, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the quality of the people we've met, I think have been incredible because we've made some really good connections and we've met some really awesome people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I posted, uh, one day just for female, uh, officers. Hey, do you want to start a group chat? And uh, 42 replied, and I, I was surprised. I know I have like 10,000 followers, but 42 responded and said yes. And I was like, okay, cool. And so we all downloaded this app and now my, our phones are constantly going off because we have 
two girls in Canada, uh, one girl in Oakland, California, a couple girls in Texas, Florida, Utah. Um, we have girls from all over just connecting together and talking about what it's like being, um, a, you know, females in law enforcement. And then we're like, hey, but, you know, don't look at us as just female or, you know, or don't say section us out because we're females. And, uh, you know, then we talk about, Hey, what, what cars do you drive? What today we were talking about the homicide rates at our departments. And it's things like, like that, that, you know, I'm sure the two of y'all are able to connect and, and relate and understand each other and have conversations based off of what the two of y'all do. Like, Hey man, work was like this today. Mm -hmm. Well, we kind of feel like there's not a lot of women out there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, being a woman, some of the partners, wives, just depending on how they feel, sure. if they want to get chummy with us or so it's, it's hard to build bonds as a female in, in law enforcement. Um, so I was really happy that Instagram led me to, to do this because like, we all want to meet each other already. Mm -hmm. You guys should like schedule an event, an event. We're so find, we're, find like we're a central to, location. We're trying to do some things. Like I'm going to Vegas in March, and one girl, the girl in Oakland, was like, "It is thirty nine dollars round trip for me to fly out there. Let you know, let us know." <laughs> okay, That's awesome. I mean, however we can meet, I will totally make this happen. But no one wants to come to Mississippi. I don't blame. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Well, how is the weather down there? Like compared, because right now it's 19 degrees out and really snowy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when it gets 19 degrees out here, it doesn't snow at all. It's just cold for no reason. Uh, um, and uh, the humidity is just off the wall. Um, and then the next day it'll be 64 degrees and we're in short sleeves. Um, there is no there's no stability here. Um, it's so that's why I didn't leave the house today because it's just cold for no reason. Um, well, I guess the snow is the snow is a good reason. I, it's better to have the snow and the yes. cold to go with each other because at least you can go out snowmobiling or skiing or whatever you're into. There's a lot of that around here. Yeah, we get one inch of snow. Uh, I think, yeah, my first day on days, it snowed, um, but it didn't stick. It just, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the map right now and I'm, I'm surprised you get snow down that far South. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it, it's maybe it's once a year mm -hmm. and it's a big deal. Um, but snow, like you guys have, I've never seen that before. Oh, you can come up and visit us if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Like, I mean, I would just find it so fascinating that people <laughs> leave their house, their homes and like, you know, do yeah. things out in the snow because out here, if, if the elements change at all, we stay home or we're on our front porch, just watching it. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's going to, cause that's, we get tornadoes kind of frequently or at least tornado weather mm -hmm. and every, no one for whatever reason, tornadoes are when people are like, I'm not going to stay home. I, I think I'm going to go out today. Yeah, yeah for sure. want to go out and see the tornado. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's again, Mississippi. It's yeah, we, we don't are get a lot. We don't get a lot in the way of tornadoes. Every now and then we'll get 
every several years we'll get we'll find out the next day that a tornado did touch down but it's so minor that i mean there's a lot of wind and there's a storm in that but it's not yeah. usually anything bad here so so fun story since we're talking about tornadoes i actually lived through a tornado here Ooh, yeah i don't know if you've heard this story before I don't or think not so. so when i was approximately three years old so this would have been in the early 1980s um <laughs> There was a tornado that came through this area and, and it actually, it destroyed our house. And, uh, and I was inside with my parents. I was, I was, like I said, like, like three years old, my mom had just gotten me out of my bed. I'd taken a nap or something and she'd gotten me out of there. And she tells a story how, how it was, it was storming really bad. It was, you know, the house was shaking and she was coming down the stairs carrying me. And then next thing she knew we were all in the driveway and the house was just demolished around, around them. Whoa. Yeah, no, I've never heard that story. So both my parents, they were they were fine. There's just little scratches here and there. I was fine. Um, I'm still here. The house was demolished. The uh, the barn was mostly demolished. They had a barn. They had a, a farm and everything that was mostly demolished. And it was just stuff everywhere. So yeah, we had a yeah. we had a really bad tornado in this area. Um, uh, so bad, like I'm pretty. I think the president came up here because it was so bad. I mean, it it was really. Uh, kind of devastating for everyone in it. My boyfriend worked the morning after it happened and it was the most calls they had ever received. Um, there's areas that are still, it was January of 2020 and there's areas that still look like a tornado mm-hmm. have came through and um, people are still rebuilding their, their homes. Um, a lot of people lost a lot of livestock, which I mean, yeah, it was bad. I was just, I was still an FTO, so they didn't call me in to sick. So I was super excited <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. like a non-selfish way. My bad. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have a bunker at your house or a, uh, tornado shelter? No, you guys no, don't we have, have bathrooms. Oh, okay. you, you don't have like full bait. They, they don't really make houses with full yeah, basements. You're, you're on a slab or right? something, right? Nope. If yep. you have if you have base if you have a basement here, you're probably a weirdo. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just here. gonna be honest. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you have a basement in Mississippi, like you're doing some weird stuff that you need to take <laughs> to a lower level. And um huh. yeah, so no basements aren't a thing wow. here. Uh my my dad. His house, um, does it, I don't know. There are some houses that do have, uh, like storm cellars, mm-hmm. um, you go outside and open them, just yeah, go yeah. on the ground. There are some houses that do have those. Um, we have a lot of trailers, so some people will build them on their land because their trailers right. aren't stable. Um, right. But it, it it's not it's not like a huge thing. I, I mean, seriously, we get tornadoes so frequently um, that you just you go into your bathroom and you wait it out and everything's everything's fine. You uh, you off air. We were talking about the sauna experience and I've been I've been dying to hear this story. Sorry. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. Would you like to fill us in on this uh, recent adventure in your professional career? Sure. Yeah. I guess it all started, uh, you know, you got, you, you got to start it like we talked before though. Oh, yeah. just wait, just yeah, yeah. wait. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. It all started <laughs> when, uh, 
I reached out to you guys, really. I think that's, no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all our fault. Yeah, it, it all started, you know, the one morning that I actually, uh, you know, converse with y'all and uh, this happens to me. So there I was, no shit. Um, <laughs> there it just, is. Yeah. I, I end my workouts um, in the sauna. And seriously, there I was just sitting there. Um, usually I'll keep my headphones in, but uh, I turn them down so I can still listen to other people. <laughs> um, and and that's that's what I did. These these two older gentlemen were talking about when they were in their twenties and they, they were like, you know what? I used to drink and drive so much. Like I can't believe I never hurt myself or whatever. So that was the premise of the story. Can't believe we never hurt ourselves. And I looked over at them and I was like, I hate, I hate to admit it because it is a shitty, shitty thing to admit. I was like, man, I used to do that all the time. I went to, um, I lived in a college town. Like it's just what we did. I was like, but now I'm a police officer and just seeing the effects of it and how, you know, how damaging it is. I would, I would never do it again. And they're like, Oh no, don't. I was like, no, seriously, I don't like (laughs) I'm a cop. I wouldn't do it. And, um, they're talking about how, yeah, you know, I did the field sobriety test and I passed them all, but it was crazy because I was drunk and I was like, well, you know, functioning alcoholics can pass those tests. Like, um, if you, if you've been given the test enough, like, and I described what the tests are designed to do, um, multitasking, listening skills, comprehension, uh, things like that. Whew. Um, so again, that's where we're at. This woman, oh, this woman is sitting there and goes, I'm sorry, y'all. Can we just, can we just, can we not talk about, like, I, can we talk about something else? Because I just can't listen to all the privilege in the room. Oh, <laughs> I was like, um, excuse me. Now, the town that we were in is a town outside of Memphis. Uh, people get called, that's where I grew up. People get called pretentious there all the time. Like it is a, it's a snooty hoity toity. We are better than you town uh, for sure. And so when she said that, I was like, excuse me, what about that conversation brought up any privilege? And she was like, every single person that just told a story about how they didn't get arrested was white. And I had actually told a story about how I pulled a woman over it. Uh, the only thing I pulled her over for was she sped past three of us. I mean, she was going 75 and a 35 mm-hmm. and she was almost home and she had been drinking and driving for about her 20 to 30 minute commute from home. And I guess I never finished the story that I arrested her or whatever, because I don't have to explain myself to anyone. Um, but then the woman looked at me and she was like, yeah. I mean, you didn't even arrest that woman. I was like, I never said if I did or not. I was like, I also never mentioned what color that woman was. And I kind of looked around for reassurance. I was like, right guys. And they're like, yeah. And there were other African-American people in there as well. that were like, yeah, you never, you never mentioned the color. It was almost like she was waiting. I mean, seriously, like waiting for that because she, she could have easily just have said nothing and waited for the conversation to end. 
or us to segue into something else. But she would, she like, no, I have to let them know we're not going to talk about privilege in here. And I was like, ma'am, what part of this is privileged? I was like, my parents are divorced. Our house was foreclosed. I was like, what is for like, what is privileged in here? And I was actually getting up and leaving the sauna because this is the second time I have had this conversation in the sauna about being a police officer and how I am wrong. And she was like, you're the one who's upset. You're the one who's leaving. I was like, I'm leaving because there's absolutely no way for me to win this conversation. She was like, of course not. And black and just looked at me in the face and pointed at me and goes, black lives matter. I said, why are you telling me that? Because I'm a white cop. And so then she looked at everyone else in the room and said it. I said, why are you telling us this as if we don't know? She goes, fine. All lives matter. White lives matter. Does that make you feel better? Soup like. She didn't mean it, obviously, when she said it. And I was like, what makes you think? I said, what makes you think that I'm not a part of any other minority? Because I am I look white? Because I'm white? Because what you're accusing me of is exactly what you're being? And she, I mean, yelling over me. And I was like, ma'am, I'm Jewish. Like, I I would never be racist towards any, you know, and she was like, oh, no, 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 baby. It like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jews were in their own country doing their own thing. I was like, in what world were you living in when that happened? Because no, I was like, ma'am, it happens every, every day. And she was like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm an Air Force veteran. I fought for my country. I was like, thank you so much for fighting for your country. I said, but I put on a bulletproof vest and a gun every day. Like, and I mean, it was just, if I was leaving the sauna, I was wrong because I was upset that she's standing there calling me racist. I needed to learn more compassion And that turned into, you need to take responsibility for walking into this world white. I said, I didn't do anything to you. What kind of, I don't understand what kind of responsibility you need to take. I I said, my ancestors didn't do anything. Like, I mean, I even went home and for about, you know, two or so hours, you know, I was just watching things on the Holocaust and just, you know, emerging myself in because I can't say don't call me racist because I'm Jewish and then have nothing to back it up on like hey let me you know do my homework about even though I already have but let me remember the things that Jews have been through and like growing up I was the only Jew in our town and the things that people would say to me and the things that people say to, to me now or around me because I don't look Jewish I'm like Okay, so if you knew I was Jewish, you would just keep those um, anti-Semitic thoughts to yourself, but you still have them, but they're stereotypical thoughts, like, or because I don't look Jewish, you just assume that no one, like, we're, that it's okay to say that, and I get it, I I don't, I can, I guess, hide behind the fact that I'm I'm white, I I don't know, I, I guess that's what she was meaning, but I just, I had never, oh my God. I mean, I, the things that I've been called on Instagram, like a pig, fuck 12 and, and things like that. I just, the way she came at me, I've never, never in my life. And it it was just, anyway, it's just that, you know, it's, I I don't blame you with what you're saying. It always frustrates. Well, 
not always, but lately, it's really frustrated me when I hear people make comments about white privilege. Um, obviously, being white myself, I, I've heard that the area we're in, it doesn't seem like this this uh, cultural diversity is as big of an issue as it would be if we were in a larger city or something. But the thing that I always look at is there, everybody struggles. Everybody has struggles. You know, in this area, like we, we didn't come from wealthy families. We're not rich. Um, when people say white privilege all the time, it, it really, it makes me frustrated and sad because I've worked extremely hard to get to where I am extremely hard. Yeah, I still work hard all the time. I've never had any, I mean, I, I don't feel like I've ever had any kind of privilege. I've had to work extremely hard mm-hmm. to get to where I am. I've had to to work multiple jobs to to afford the things that I have afforded. Um, I've had to go to school and get education to get to where I'm at. Like I I don't know. I just feel like it's it's tough to to hear that because there's I think there's opportunity for everyone in this world, yep. and that's what our country is all about. If you apply yourself somewhat to get that. I don't look for handouts. Yeah, I don't look for handouts. And I I feel like that's part of what makes us unique and diverse. And, the you know, if you succeed, and you're successful, that's because you've worked hard to get there. And you've, you've, you know, tried to find that that way to get there. Can I you play know, devil's advocate? Challenges. Sure. Go ahead. Play devil's devil's advocate, advocate for a yeah. second. Yeah. So um, I feel the same way. I, I, I wasn't raised. Uh, wealthy or anything to that nature. But when, uh, when they talk about white privilege and that, that's a whole nother thing that I don't understand. So I'm not going to try to understand what that African-American woman's been through or what their culture is like if they were, I I don't, I don't understand it at all. So if they feel that we're privileged, I'm sorry. I don't feel privileged, but is there a privilege there at, I don't know because I don't understand it. I don't understand where they're coming from either. So I like, I, I try not to pretend that I do understand the point that they're trying yeah. to make with stuff like that. But for that, for anybody to be like, Oh, you're a stupid white cop. And, and I've, you've got privilege. I don't think that's fair either because they don't know what, just because of the color of your skin, they don't know what you've been through as well. So it's kind of like, I can definitely see both arguments. I don't think it's fair for any white person to call out a black person because of the color of their skin, nor is it fair to go the other way with it. So, and again, there's a lot of things that I don't understand about their culture. So I hate to choose a side either. I feel like it's almost a segregation to separate the yes. two. I thought, like, I, I would like to think that the color of your skin doesn't matter, but if there is a prejudice there, uh, it's something that I don't understand. And I, and if it's there, if there, there's any truth to what they're saying in, in the, in the lack of privilege, then I would like to correct that, but I don't know how to truly identify it. Cause I don't, I just don't understand it. I don't, you see can't, it. you can't correct it because you can't not be white. And then if you say I have black friends, well, that's not appropriate either. And then, so the only option is to, I didn't know what she wanted. Do you want me to go back in time? And climb back in my mom and make her change. Right. This, that's, like, that's what I don't understand either. Like what? It's not your I, fault. You're white. Exactly. Jewish. Like no, nobody chose the way that they came into this. No one even chose to come into this world. Like that was out of our hands. And so, um, and just real quick, I don't know if y'all have seen it, 
Um, there's a video going around Instagram of a heavier set white cop and an elderly, elderly looking white male, uh, way too close to comfort for this cop and just like waving a giant stick and the guy commenting, uh, recording it is going, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. So the guy goes at him with the stick. The cop shoots him maybe like seven times because depending on what on what people are on or um, their mindset or their their body, you know, one may not do it, two may not do it. When the guy is on the ground, um, what I'm assuming going through agonal breathing, um, his gurgling and his last breaths. Again, the guy recording is, yeah, that's that shit I like to see. You thought you were going to get away with it with your privilege. And I was like, oh, my God, he's happy. Sorry if that was loud. But, oh, my God, he's happy that the guy is dead because he's white. Yeah. Do you know that mm-hmm. if the roles were reversed and and not even not even the roles reversed on on um, for race. But I've posted about this on my Instagram before. If I to comment on other people's Instagrams and be like, you piece of shit accountant, fuck you. You know, they'd probably come after me and try to find my department and be like, hey, your deputy is calling me a piece of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the double standards in law enforcement um, are just absolutely ridiculous. And then the double standards for being white and then, man, e- even being a black cop, some of them get called traitors. Well, so yeah, you, you want to help your system but you're racist, you're a traitor, you're wrong. You don't want to do anything about it. And you're still kind of a process. It's just damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think that's and I think the how easiest, it is. It's not right. The easiest, it seems like it. The easiest way to shut someone up, to say they're wrong, and to put them down is to just say, you're racist. Mm-hmm, right. And And the last thing I was going to do was stand there and let that woman call me racist because I was a cop. Because... I got into policing to help everyone. And uh, she did, she like, she did. I, I left the locker room crying. Uh, that was the second, or that was the second time that's happened. I canceled my membership and um, maybe I shouldn't have said anything at all. Maybe I should have left. Um, I'm sure she feels justified and right either way. Um, like she's taught me something, um, but it just, it got to the point where one of the men in, in the room was like, y'all need to leave, get out. And I was like, I was trying to, and it just, so you can't be right. You're wrong. If you don't speak out against it, you're still wrong. If you speak up the right way, or if you speak up in a way that someone doesn't like, you could still be wrong. I mean, there's just, there's, there's no winning in this conversation. And that's why I was trying not to have it. And Man, even today, um, my boyfriend came home for lunch and said that because um, we we have a primarily white department, not by choice. That's just the way like the cards right. were dealt like or the cookie crumbled. I don't know, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And he said that they were there at a rest area on our interstate investigating some woman who's just apparently homeless and living there and. She's not really an issue, but they're just there investigating, talking to her. And long story short, she's becoming combative and uh, disorder, you know, disorderly conduct because uh, 
you know, she's missed, I know my rights. And they're like, well, you don't. <laughs> and, um, you know, by not listening to us and doing what we ask you to do, you're breaking the law and we'll like, we'll take you to jail. And she was like, that doesn't seem right. And they're like, okay, well, do you want to test the theory? Because like that we know, again, we know the law. And so they ended up putting her in handcuffs and then she fell. And, uh, cause she was like, ah, just yeah. fell off a curve all dramatically. Yep. And, um, a bystander goes, Oh, so y'all beat up on white woman too. Oh, jeez, Y'all like, I feel like it, 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 my dad, my dad was a cop and I wanted to be a police officer as well. And, uh, more and more as all this unfolds, like the last year, especially, uh, progressively things oh. have always have gotten worse for police officers. I mean, uh, you know, the invention of the smartphone with the cameras and the thing, and I'm not saying that what you do should mm. be secretive anyways, but it's just, it's a different job than when my dad, he was on from 78 to 96. It's different, mm -hmm. different world. And, uh, so the more and more I, I, as this stuff, I hear these types of stories, I'm kind of thankful that I didn't get into law enforcement just because you guys do have, Oh, there's a lot of crap that you guys have to deal with and it's super under underappreciated, um, especially like these stories you're telling. Um, but, you know, you could there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of that that goes on. And I guess it's easy to highlight that because it's like I can't believe the audacity of uh, this situation that happened today. But there are a lot of supporters out there as well. And you probably yeah. don't hear like we don't hear that very much. Like the people who really do appreciate your, you know, your, your service and, and everything that you do that's good. It's unfortunate that the negativity has to kind of um, take over that, you know, if for every bad story you had, you had a good story, maybe it'd balance out a little bit, but you don't hear the good stories. Like you don't always get that support and it's kind of unfortunate. So yeah. thank you for your service. That's just what I'm <laughs> me telling you. Thank you do for doing what you do. We support uh, you. No problem. I, I think there's. <laughs> I think there's a big issue with people when they have uh, negative experiences at some point in their life and it, no matter what it is. And I know that, that I, I fall into the same, same issue sometimes too. If I go somewhere, if I go to a store and I have a bad experience there, I'm like, man, I'm not going there again. Or you go to a restaurant you're like, mm -hmm. oh, this is horrible. I'll never eat here again. I think it's the yeah. same way when you have encounters with people. Some people that may not like officers had a negative encounter at some point in their life. So they just assume that everybody's bad like that and they don't give it another chance. Just like if I go to a restaurant and I'm like, man, this was terrible or that that waitress or waiter was horrible. I'm never going back there again. And, you know, it's it's just our negative mindsets that we have. We don't we don't uh, allow ourselves to have a different um, experience or perception of that, perhaps because we had that negative experience. So it just locks in our brain and we're like, well, it's going to always be that way. So I'm just going to keep that mentality. We also, the, the, there's not just one pinpoint, but we also don't allow people to have bad days. Mm -hmm. If you have awful service somewhere, like yeah. you said, I don't like that. I don't like that. What yeah. if she just, or he had an awful table yeah. um, or, you know, we lost a family member, but has to come to work because yeah. of, this income. We never let anyone have a bad day. Mm -hmm. Um, we can always go find it somewhere else. Well, I'm not going to patron them anymore because I can just go there and do blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then, um, for law enforcement, we are always expected to be on 
Um, and you serve me, you protect me, 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 me. Except when I go there for you, you're not taking any responsibility for it. Wasn't me. I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this to me? Mm -hmm. And so we are, our expectations of people, our double standards, our lack of taking responsibilities for ourselves. And then um, just the lack of respect for authority figures. I mean, I've, I've had to tell 15 year olds, you don't talk to me like you're an adult. I don't care if you talk to your mother that way, who's 40, but you're not going to talk to me, a 25 year old, like you're an adult Mm -hmm. because I didn't cuss at my mom and I sure as hell did not cuss at a police officer. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I've even had 16 year old kids tell me that they could talk to me with an attitude because that's what I'm paid for. Oh, Lord. But you know know whose fault that is. Society, though. That's our society. Yeah. Just, there's not there's yeah. not a respect anymore in our society at yeah. all and it's it's not just teenage kids either there's a lot of adults that have no respect for anything you know they right. just anything let alone anything law enforcement exactly it doesn't yes. matter where they go everything's about them and it could be any age and they just have no respect whatsoever yeah. they don't have respect for themselves either exactly i'm sure That's, you see a lot yeah. of the things that yeah. we see too yeah uh, people yeah. just don't give a care about themselves yeah. It, you, you aren't a mature person until you can take responsibility for yourselves. And I mean, or for yourself. Um, and that's who our customers are sometimes are just immature, entitled uh, people. And, but it doesn't matter. I'm still there to help you however I can, even if you don't realize it or if you don't want my help. Right. I, I got to do it. Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? I haven't. Go check out the movie Idiocracy. We'll have to touch bat, touch base again soon after you see it. It's a uh, it's a movie that was written by Mike Judge. You know, you ever seen like King of the Hill, the cartoon? Yeah. And he, okay, he he wrote that him him and Adam Carolla and a couple other people. They wrote this movie, and it basically um, the 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 well to do people don't reproduce it at a fast enough rate as other people who may have like eight or ten kids. And living off the system and all that. So think thousands of years down the road, what that's doing to us evolutionary evolution. Yeah. How, what word am I trying to say? Evolutionarily. Mm-hmm. And then what the society's like in that however many thousands of years. So you got to yeah. check the movie out and get back to us because oh. it is, it speaks to me on a, on a daily basis. I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah. and it's really funny. It's yeah. a good movie. And I feel like home values and things like that are just so much different now than when, you know, when we were growing up, at least in, and that plays into the whole thing. I don't yeah. know if that's what you were going to say before about why they were kind of like that. But I, I feel like part of the reason you get a lot of younger kids that are ex spoiled and disrespectful is because in their home life, they're not getting that. I don't know if you want to say education or they don't, maybe they don't have a role model that's holding them accountable for those actions as well. That's a lot of it. Yes. That's, that's, I would totally agree. That's definitely a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. So as we said before we started recording, or as I said, I can't control my dog, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I can, but yeah. he didn't really listen to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dog's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had him since he was 16 weeks old. I was there the day after he was born. Like mm-hmm. it's been the two of us. Um, we're best pals. Um, I'm everything he knows, mm-hmm. right? Well, now that we're living with my boyfriend and his 11 year old son, 
some of his behavior does not fly. Like he tries to nip my boyfriend's face. If my boyfriend is trying to hug me or kiss me, Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't fly. You have to respect who's in charge. So we reached out to someone in dog training. Do you think that's a protection thing though? It's called resource guarding. And Uh what she told me is sometimes when you love your animals, Uh um, the way that I love them, you're not actually doing good. So sometimes loving your children and giving them everything they want when they ask for it and always kind of putting a Band-Aid over a situation that maybe needs a stitch um, or something like that isn't actually doing your child any good. Like, hey, did you learn your lesson because I took your phone away from you for the day? Oh, yeah, to- yeah, totally learned my lesson. Like, I'll never do it again. No, they they didn't. Or are you giving your child their phone back because you're like, you're tired of them or just here, have it, but you know, have it back. Like we're not lessons aren't being taught anymore. Like, and so that's kind of when the dog trainer told us about how much I love my dog was actually hurting my dog. I was like, what? No, <laughs> he's the best boy ever. Okay. Well, no, he, like, no, he's not like he's, he's, he's bit other dogs. He's bit people. He'll run out in traffic. Like he doesn't, done that all care about what I have to say mm-hmm. all because I'm he's wrapped around my finger Yep. because if he does one thing right I will shower him with love and affection and so that's all these kids have to do is make good grades oh Johnny he didn't do that he's a good kid he makes great get great grades oh yeah we're not, we're not talking about his grades we're talking about his attitude and respect and that uh you know just all this stuff and it's like Okay, but he's so good in school. Well, not, we're not like okay. Or that he's, he's that, yeah. That is an that is yeah. an awesome analogy. I'd never thought about that before. But I'm yeah, it's super true. impressed by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. I'm gonna use that. Yeah. Why well, don't want kids? <laughs> look, look at what I'll, look at what I'll produce. So yeah, well, well, okay. So now I just mentioned the movie Idiocracy to you. See, mm-hmm. you probably should reproduce to offset all the people who aren't reproducing. So at least society has a chance. <laughs> Look, two cops and a, and a Marine for parents. Like my boyfriend's son is so afraid to do anything. And that's how I was growing up. Like, oh, man, like my, my mom, I have to tell my mom first. And that's what he'll do. Like he'll, he'll tell on himself. Like if I have a kid and they're bad, because that's what we have my dog has to get disciplined by my boyfriend. Cause I can't do it. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's good that, that his son though does that, that he'll, he'll own up to himself because I try to tell that to my kids too. If they do something, especially if I know they did it and they like, let's say they just, they broke something in the house or whatever. And I know yeah. they did it. I know exactly who did it and I'll go confront them. And I can tell even when they're trying to lie through it and I'll be like, you know, just own it, own yeah. your mistake, own mm-hmm. your action you know, it's, I, I would rather have you respect me and yourself enough to just say, yes, I'm sorry. I was throwing a ball or something and I hit that lamp and it broke, you know, own up yeah. to your actions. Yep. You know, if there's a punishment for it, then fine, there's a punishment, but at least you're being honest and you're, you're owning your own actions. I, I want them to learn that now. So when they get older, um, I mean, we try to do the same thing. 
with this with this show, we had an episode where it didn't record right, and we had had a guest on, and we had to own our actions instead of just trying. Yeah. Like like we talked about it, we're like, well, can we save it? Can we do something with it? We're like, well, we're just gonna have to tell them we got to re-record. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's that thing, and I try to do that in in life too. You know, I we're not perfect. You know, we make mistakes. And I always say, if I make a mistake, okay, fine, I'll I'll own it and move on from there. Yeah, and that's how you're going to learn too. Exactly, you own, you own up to it. You you kind of take the lashing for it, and you're like, I'm not just not yep. not going to happen again. Yep, I learned my lesson. So you know, that's how you learn your lesson. It's called uh, integrity. Oh and, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I could wish people to go through my police academy, I absolutely would. The one thing that stuck that stood with me was, I mean, they drilled integrity into you. Um, and to this day, uh, I have it in the back of my mind, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Do the right, like that's, I always think about it because that's what one of our instructors said. And I was never the kind of person, if we're in a group of 20 and I did something wrong, don't punish the whole group, punish me. Like I was, I, I do not mm-hmm. like this group punishment, but the thing is like, because I think that kind of divides mm-hmm. a group. It makes, it makes you kind of hate that person because we just rolled around in the mud and you just stood there and watched us. We don't like you, but that might instill some integrity in that person because you want the majority to like you mate. Anyway, it, if people, it, yeah, all that stuff is. I was in the army, and it's the same way. So integrity is is the 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 army values were leadership, or sorry, loyalty, duty, respect. I can't believe I remember this. It's been a long time. Uh, selfless, selflessness, honor, integrity, and personal courage. But integrity, do what's right even when nobody's looking. And it's and the but hardest. the team, the team building thing. If you do something wrong and your whole team gets messed up for it, it makes you. I, felt like, I mean, I got us in trouble a couple of times early on throughout basic training in that it's, it's the same. I completely relate to you there. You don't want to get your team messed up. So you're going to do the right thing. We got to go home Thursday afternoon through Sunday afternoon. The one thing they asked for us for, from like 12 weeks was don't drink, don't get drunk because you're like, you're going to pay for it. And I did not drink for 12 weeks. And People, people would, and they would come back and they would lie because they'd be like, how do you, how do they know? And it's like, or the people who said, you know, yes, like they even asked me if, um, if I wanted to be a, a platoon, if I wanted to be a platoon leader. And I, I looked them straight in the face and said, sir, sir, no, sir. They were like, why, sir, this recruit does not want that responsibility, sir. Like straight up, I'll be honest with you. Instead of saying, yes, I want to do like, just be honest they, you know, and so I wish that people could go through some sort of an academy or whatever, because I mean, these traits are, are important. Um, and, and integrity is a really hard one. Um, well, I mean, in Israel, they all, any, any, uh, male that turns 18, they spend two years in the military. I mean, I guess that's that's still true, right? Yes. Yes. I'm a Um, fan. I'm kind of a fan of that. Me too. Because guess what? You know who loves their country? Israelis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now, and they don't do this thing of, well, I serve my country, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, that, that's their duty. Right. That, that's their, that, that is instilled in them. Like you go serve your country because guess what? Your country's serving you. Like look at all this stuff that you get for not get necessarily, but look at what you have to be proud of. Go make your country, you know, vice versa. And that's what, 
I wanted to serve in the military so bad. I thought there was there was nothing more honorable than serving your country. I needed to go do something that I couldn't quit that was going to make me a hard ass and and all this stuff. And um, I didn't get to do that. And but I think the the police academy was a really good second. So. So before we leave, I just want to plug again for you. Um, this has been the pocket cop. That's underscore pocket cop underscore. And you have a, a blog, pocket cop policing at uh, blogspot.com that you've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'll have, a, I'll have another one coming out this week. It's going to be um, about being a rookie. <laughs> that's that's awesome. If you're in law enforcement or you're thinking about getting into law enforcement, the the blog, the one, the last one that was on there, Everyday Essentials for Law Enforcement Officers, was really good. It's a good read. It's interesting. Um, follow the Pocket Cop and see what she has to say. I I think that especially if you're interested in getting into law enforcement, you're new to it, or maybe you've just been in it a while and you you're looking for something different to read. Um, definitely check it out. I think it's a, it's an interesting blog. I enjoyed it. And, uh, we've had a great time talking with you. Thanks guys. <laughs> so until next time, this has been always something podcast for pocket cop. Thanks for listening.